Italo disco never disappoints. Just when you think you've <laughs> you heard it all. Disappoint. <laughs> you never disappoint. Because if I say to you, Paolo, you choose the songs this week, I know that we will get some Italo disco. <laughs> and I never know what I'm going to find. I never know. That is a song called Jasmine China Girl from Mozart. I'm Never heard of it before. Never heard it before in my life. No, no. Mozart with two Zs. Mozart. Mozart. Do you want? Mozart. Would you like to know more about Mozart? Of course. Oh, who wouldn't? There is no information on the man. Okay. The best that I can find is he's either Polish or Hungarian. Okay. <laughs> he goes by the name. His real name is apparently Paul Lander, but he also uses the alias Frank L and Mandy B Man. Amazing. <laughs> and in our running order, just for your viewing, just for your eyes only, Dory, for now, we'll put on a Facebook, that 80 show essay. Yes. Look at that beautiful picture of Mandy B-Man slash Mozart. I, I saw it. I saw it. <laughs> he he has, he has what Sear um, from, from Cliff Central would call heavage. Yeah, he, that's not, a good not one. Not cleavage. He has heavage. That's a good one. That is mm. a good one. That is Mozart. Probably the first time ever played within the borders of South Africa. <laughs> I love the fact that we keep discovering new songs from the 80s. It's never going to end. It'll never end. I'm convinced they're making more. I'm convinced <laughs> that they're still pumping out 80s music. <laughs> How are you, Thank Dory? Goodness. Oh, I'm so good, Paolo. I'm good. So, Dory. Um, yes. Listen, as you can tell, a lot of static electricity, the gremlins. I'm Ooh. feeling uneasy. I feel straight because his presence is mm-hmm. around us. The chart savant returns this week. I think he's going to make a fool of us. Well, we, we keep telling him he's made, he's been too easy on us. So mm. I think he's, he's listening. <laughs> he's always listening. He's always yeah. listening. I got a little treat. I got some chart savant music. Uh, Do you want to hear don't it? Don't tell me. You, no, you didn't cheat. No, 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 no. Don't say you cheated. No, no. Mu- oh. Listen, do you want to hear some music? Oh, you mean the, like, like, bed, like bed theme music, music theme him. music, listen. Okay. That's good stuff. That's like montage music from some bad 80s. Stranger, Stranger Things vibe. <laughs> well, no, Stranger Things isn't bad, so uh, yes. So yes, that is actually. a Charts of Ones music. Next time you hear that, the Charts of Ones will be on. Now, Dory, mm. you've been saying, listen, I found something so spectacular i'm not allowed to know about it i'm not allowed clicking links nothing well i mean it's entirely possible you do know about it but i'm really hoping you don't i'm hoping i'm going to surprise you oh so um i get the daily maverick newsletter every morning and in the daily maverick newsletter there is a fact fact of the day and one day last week there was a fact that i was like Hmm, I need to dig into this fact. And I went down a rabbit hole and I found something. Uh, so I tell you what, pl- click that link and play it and then I'll I'll elaborate afterwards. I'm never getting over. <laughs> it's lo- I've seen I've seen the name. <laughs> Must I- okay, let me, let me just play it. Do, do click it and play it, Paolo. Do you change your life for one week because of that time of the month? Still using pads? Then let me tell it to you straight. Tampax can change the way you feel about that time. Tampax tampons protect differently than a pad, so you feel cleaner. And feeling cleaner is more comfortable. Plus, more women use Tampax than any other tampon or pad. Now that's something. 
Remember, there's a feeling with Tampax. It can actually change the way you feel about your period. Now, so now for anyone who didn't recognize the voice, do tell us, Paolo, who was that in that advert? So, I mean, we're not childish enough to, to laugh at an ad like that. That's, that's not what no, we are. No, no, no. That's not what we're here to laugh at, no. That is <laughs> Courtney Cox in a 1985 Tampax commercial. Correct. Correct. <laughs> now, okay. I mean, you know, people did things before they did other things. And, so, and you know. she, she had the biggest body of work of all the friends before. Yes. Yeah. But what is so groundbreaking about this ad, Paolo? I mean, apart from the fact that, okay, she did make this ad before she was on Friends, before she, I mean, she did other things before Friends. She was on other TV shows. Um, we are aware of them. Can I describe, <laughs> can I describe the setting? Please, please do. It's, a, it's like a one-shot wonder, right? Locked off shot. She's obviously a dancer, but she is like full-on flash dance. Yeah. I mean, like foot warmers. Uh, I mean, leg, yeah, leg, warmers. leg warmers. I mean, like warm her feet as well. <laughs> leg warmers. Yeah, she has got purple tights on. I mean, she's ready to flash dance. Right. I mean, it is. She's in a dance studio. She's ba backstage. She opens her locker. She's backstage at some dance thing. Yeah. Pure 1985 beautifulness, right? Right, right in the middle. 80, 1985, they've, they've established, yeah. they know what they want. They know what they like. They're peak 80s. Yeah. But listen to what was so groundbreaking about this advert. Before this advert, the word period had never been used on American television ever when describing a period. No ways. They always, they always used to say that time of the month oh. or something similar. Oh. And this was groundbreaking that she used the word period in this Tampax ad. Oh, that is quite a factoid, Dory. It's, it's a Daily Maverick factoid, which makes it a fact. <laughs> this means it's true. <laughs> when, when do you think they said it for the first time on South African TV? I don't know, like but I mean, you must, remember, you must remember all the ads that we were subjected to mm. in our youth mm. with the blue liquid. <laughs> and look, I, I haven't watched TV ads in a very long time now, so I have no idea what's out there now. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I mean, <laughs> I remember the one like with wings and there was always like when I party, I party. Oh. Like, <laughs> it was very much that vibe. And, you know, um, I had a friend who she was a model and she used to go for like auditions for ads and stuff like that. And she went to audition for a Tampax ad. Um, this is not in the 80s. This is much more recent, um, 90s probably. Right. And she was desperate to get the ad because she said you get paid so much because they, they have what's called the embarrassment factor. Yes. So those girls who were used in those ads got paid a oh. shit ton of money. That makes a lot of sense. You know, speaking of people yeah. who were in ads in the 80s, do you remember the one, I think it was for pantyhose or stockings, where you just had like all the women's legs like go over. Yes, And, yes, yes, you know, yes. remember they used to fan, you know, the legs. Um, I know someone who was in one of those ads, a man, a guy. <gasps> well, men have beautiful legs the, sometimes. Obviously do. Yeah. Obviously do. Mm -hmm. One of the legs, at least one. At least one I know was a guy. True yeah, that's interesting. Cause, true, yeah, because men story. have like, you know, that like, Muscle definition mm. and stuff like that. But I mean, as long as they're not too, you know. No. no. Arnie, Arnie style muscles, yeah. No, well, I mean, yeah. you know, for, for everyone. But I mean, it was just, <laughs> it was a big thing in the 80s. No, I don't think it'd be such a big thing. It's a big thing in the 80s. No, I know. Hmm. So, so anyway, that was my little, my little surprise for you this week. That is fantastic. Great factoid. We know it's true. 
which is yes, not it's absolutely true. Which yeah. is you know not something we're used to on on that. And of show. course, we'll put the ad up on our Facebook page so everyone can see it. Oh, and what a Facebook page it is! You know, <laughs> I think Facebook gets a lot of bad press, which it deserves, but it allows a platform for people like us and and our community and our friends. Yeah. You know, I, I don't want to. I don't want to over egg it. I feel that our Facebook page, that 80 show essay, is single-handedly restoring Facebook's reputation. I don't know. I don't know. Well, you know. Is it too much? I don't want to be over the top, but that's my feeling. I feel... <laughs> you don't want to be over the top <laughs> since when? <laughs> that's, that's my feeling. It's that time of the month, and I feel that... <laughs> I don't want to be over the top. <laughs> so, of course, coming up, we do have the chart savant. Um, yes. But we didn't have movie recommendations last week. Full on no. Kenny Loggins loving. Um, K-Log for the win. K-Log. <laughs> fully logged in for an hour on Kenny Loggins, but we're back to movies this week. And Dory, what yes. do you have for me? In this, in this part of the show, we go and we find 80s movies and TV shows and we either recommend them or we remind people that they existed and then they must make yes. up their mind if they want to go watch it. So this week is more of a recommend, more of a remembrance, ah. probably not so much a recommendation because it's a, it is really aged and it's a TV series. And I was reminded of it because my daughter is currently making her way through the American version of the office. Okay. And she, I, she was watching it in the background. I was kind of working and I just was vaguely listening to it in the background. And there was a particular line that was used on the episode and I just packed up laughing and she looked at me and she went, what? I don't get it. And I was like, you don't get it because you never saw the TV show. And then I remembered, okay, no, we have to, I mean, we've never spoken about this TV show. It's not because it's the greatest TV show that ever happened, but it was iconic in some ways. And Look, don't watch it now. <laughs> Horribly dated. Not that great in the first place, but play the clip that I sent you. And if, if, if you have seen the show, you will know immediately what it is. If not, then you, you were living under a rock in the 80s. What can I say? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, yes. Dick, the gentlemen are here. <laughs> Hurry, okay? Oh, boy. Hi, uh, uh, I'm Larry. This is my brother, Daryl. That's my other brother, Daryl. I mean, no. come on. I mean, iconic, right? <laughs> the bane, the absolute bane of anyone called Laryl, Daryl, or Daryl. <laughs> Larry or Daryl. If you were Larry or Daryl, you, you didn't hear the end of it. <laughs> you, you are still getting referred to in such a way. Um, I couldn't remember the TV show. I mean, when I saw the three of them, Larry, yeah. Daryl, his brother Daryl, and other brother Daryl, and I was like, yeah. oh my God, what TV show is this until I saw the gent walking down the staircase? Yes, the one and only Bob Newhart. Yes. That was a show called Newhart, which I used to watch religiously every week with my mother. It's also one of those childhood memories. It ran from 1982 to 1990. So, and there, there were 184 episodes. That's that's a really long running series. It is a good run. And 
but the other thing, so yeah, so I mean, I'm sure people would have seen it, but if you if you didn't see it, basically it was the story about this man and his wife who took over running an inn in a small ruralish town mm. in um, Vermont. That was it, Vermont, called the Stratford Inn. And I mean, it was first just a time, little silly. First sorry. time, first time I ever heard of a, such a place called Vermont. Oh right, okay, yeah, possibly, possibly. And um, yeah, so they had made a move from New York City to the small town. So the whole the whole show was about them adjusting, and then also to the all the little shenanigans that went with running an inn in a small town. With, I mean, I'm going to say it: Larry and Daryl and Daryl were a bit, you know, um, <laughs> the, rural, rural, rural <laughs> Let's guys. Let's go with rural. <laughs> but yes, I mean, I'm just going to say it: they were like hillbillies, right? I think I think that's okay. I mean, that's that's but what lovable, they were. Lovable yeah. hillbillies, right? Not like the scary ones that 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 hunt you. And and they were like okay. they were the super like comic relief in the show. Absolutely, yeah. and I mean, de- I mean, Larry was absolutely my favorite character the whole way through. He was the the best character. I mean, there were some great other side characters, but Larry with his brothers was just the best. Now I don't know if you remember, his brothers never said a word. Mm. They were silent. They used to like have these facial expressions and stuff like that, but they never, ever said a word. And then I'd forgotten this. I'm sure I did watch it to the end, but there's a whole thing on Wikipedia about the finale of what happened. And in the end of the show, the whole town basically gets bought out by some Japanese people. (laughs) (laughs) But except that Dick and his wife refused to sell their inn. So the, they get brought out to develop a golf course and the golf course is built around the inn and they are still stuck there because they refuse to sell. Okay. And in this finale, weird things happen, but this, and I don't know if this was the first time that this happened because it didn't seem like there was a bad reaction to it. I'm going to give a huge spoiler here. If anybody wants to watch the entire series, a huge spoiler coming up. The final episode of the series reveals that it was all a dream. Yes, yes, that was such. I think it was the first time I'd seen it. it I don't know if you got the factoid there. It, I've got it. it, is it the, what, well, tell us where how you remember it, and I'll correct you. <laughs> no, is it the first time that device was ever used on TV? Well, here's the thing, right? It doesn't say whether it's the first time it was used, but I think it must have been because it was def. Well, actually, no. I'm sure Dallas would have used it before. When did but, Bobby die? No, but for <laughs> for a whole series. For a whole series. I mean, for a whole. It was the, ridiculous. That was the point. Their, yeah. their whole, their whole like justification of it is that the whole series was so crazy, crazy characters, crazy things happening all the time. How could any of it have been real? And they basically made it that the whole thing was some other guy's dream. Oh, that, and I'm like, oh, that made that's me so angry. Insane, insane. But it seems that it had a decent response. Because, so, logically, because maybe it was one of the first times that was used. But how insane is that? I'm sure, I'm sure I've heard uh, Bob Newhart like, make fun of that in other movies or he's made chirps about it, what, like, what a cop-out it was. I'm sure. I, I'm sure. I'm going to um, ruin another series for people. Do you remember that comedy slash turned into a horror <laughs> series called Soap? It was a parody of soap operas. Yes, 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 yes. I the, loved soap. They did it as well, didn't they? Well, they probably would have because they would have been ripping off other so, soaps soap, that did other it. soaps. Like Dallas. Dallas was the famous one for doing it. Look, it was the first time I'd seen it. It made me so angry. Mm. I mean, I, I was young, but I realized that is such a cop-out. Dreams yeah. and time travel. 
in uh, I, it irritates me. <laughs> but it's, I mean, I'm just reading about how they did it because what they did, because they wanted to keep the whole thing a secret from everyone. The only person who knew how the ending was going to go was Bob Newhart himself, who had like co-written it and the crew. None of the other cast knew what was, what was coming. And they actually like had written this fake ending that involved, because what happens is he's, like I said, the, the whole the whole town gets brought out and made into a golf course, and they're in the middle of this golf course, and he walks out of the house and gets hit by a golf ball and passes out. Right. So, and then what what ended up happening was he was somebody else wakes up and goes, "Oh my god, I had this crazy dream that I was running an inn in in Vermont." And but what they had written in the script was that he gets hit by the golf ball and dies and goes to heaven and talks to God, played by, and it was either going to be George Burns or George C. Scott was going to play God, and that's what the people in the show had on their script, and then everyone kind of blindsided them with, no, actually, look at this other ending we've made we're so proud of. And I'm like, oh, my God. It's <laughs> making me angry. I'm so angry <laughs> all over I think, again. <laughs> I think the final episode is on YouTube. I did vaguely see stuff when I was searching. Um, I haven't watched it, but it's possible that it's there if anybody wants to, like, see how they did the whole thing. But, yeah, I mean, just a reminder of that, mostly because for Larry and his brothers, because that's just so iconic. And that clip you shared me is actually the the Larry, Daryl, and Daryl, uh, the best moments. Yes, of. absolutely. It's a long clip, and we'll, again, put that on our Facebook page. <laughs> it is funny. I love those two. And I, I do apologize on behalf of Bob Newhart to every Larry, Daryl, and Daryl out there, especially <laughs> Larry's, whose brothers are Daryl's. I mean, imagine. Daryl's. <laughs> brothers are Daryl's, or Daryl's, whose sister is Daryl, like Daryl Hannah, her brother yeah. Daryl, Daryl and Daryl Hannah. It's a goddamn mess. And Bob Newhart is sorry. <laughs> My movie, comedy, like having a laugh. Got to watch 80s comedies. Mm-hmm. I think 80s comedies were the best comedies. I mean, in some ways. Some of them were a bit too slapsticky, maybe. Ha, well. <laughs> oh, 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 now I know where we're headed. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> so, Steve Martin. Steve Martin again. Then quite a few Steve Martin movies. I think I'm going to give it away when I tell you what his job is. Uh, You may figure it out straight away. Uh, Steve Martin actually did a very good line in being absurd. He did a lot of absurdist stuff um, through the 80s. And uh, none more so in this movie. He plays, his character is Dr. Michael, now go with me, Hafura. Okay? Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. H-F-U-H-R-U-H-U-R-R. Hafura. Right. You know where we're going. I do. And he is a world-famous surgeon that invented screw-top Ziploc brain surgery. (sighs) How have we not done this movie before? Pioneering. So he, Hmm. as any neurosurgeon would be, is quite full of himself. I mean, he, you know... Rightly so. They understand the things that make us work. So, yes, you must be. And uh, he, going off to a convention, he knocks over a woman with his Mercedes-Benz, Kathleen Turner. He goes, well, I'm a neurosurgeon. I'm going to bring her back to life with my zip-lock screw-top brain (laughs) surgery. (laughs) To be fair, this is no more far-fetched than (laughs) face-off. No, but... (laughs) 
it knows how ridiculous it is <laughs> with face, <laughs> face off didn't. <laughs> and what I love is how much John Travolta looks like Nicolas Cage wearing John Travolta's face these days. This isn't a sign. Just as an aside. <laughs> Just as an aside. Okay. So he knocks over this woman, does the surgery on her, replants her brain. I don't know. Who understands the science? Someone out there yeah. does, but I don't understand. Yeah. Turns out she's a terrible woman. Terrible woman. She's a gold digger because she wakes up. She goes, oh my God, this guy is a neurosurgeon, world famous. Look at my life. It's done. Seduces the gardener, but will not touch him. So he's like, oh my God, what have I done? Mm-hmm. What have I done? And of course it drives him in. I would say into the arms of another woman played by Sissy Spacek, but this woman barely has arms. <laughs> I vaguely remember that. Okay, yes. He falls in love with a brain in a jar. <laughs> that part I remember. Voiced by Sissy Spacek. It's because the brain can speak. The brain can speak. He, and he mm-hmm. starts dating the brain. He takes the brain on a boat ride. <laughs> He falls in love with the brain. <laughs> and then just as you thought, okay, I can comprehend all this stuff. Okay. Yeah. I can put all this together, right? I can understand there's a conceptual thing here. Fall in love with the brain, not the beauty. Because um, Kathleen Turner, Kathleen Turner was hot as hell. I mean, she yeah. was. I think she had just come off Body Heat. This was her first movie after Body Heat. She was. Yeah. So hot back in the yeah. now, right? So you go. So I get it. I, I get that. Okay, what's well, a brain? If you fall in love with someone's brain, like literally, what a great way to show it. It's I get it. And just when you're, you've made sense of that, it devolves into some plot about murders being committed by the elevator killer. <laughs> the movie is, I mean, the title of my memoirs, The Man with Two Brains. <laughs> by steve martin it came out in 1983 very early 80s black comedy of course very mel brooks-ish uh very young frankenstein-ish yeah Yeah. um frankenstein-ish but just absurd silly steve martin being so over the top uh, which I, I don't think we always give him credit for because... Uh, he, well, I mean, think of his character in Little Shop of Horrors. I mean, mm, similar no, right. kind of vibe, right? Right, right. <laughs> so he, he was, he just did so many nuts, nuts movies. Uh, so that is my movie, The Man with Two Brains. Give it a watch because it's just bonkers. And you know what? I think with like the sort of um, shows that we watch now, like if I think of like absurd shows like Rick and Morty, uh, yeah. things like that and how absurd they are um you know you'll probably like land a bit better now yeah no I, I would definitely give that another watch i remember enjoying it at the time so that's a goodie well the, done the brain is gross sissy spacek <laughs> as that is a disgusting brain to look at. <laughs> i would not fall in love with that brain uh visually but isn't that mm. the point yes exactly isn't that the point big brains the man with numerous brains he taps into so many brains. He's coming up. His name is the Chart Savant, Dory. Mm-hmm. What a savant this man is. He comes up next, and uh, I think I think he's going to sink us today, if I've got to be honest with you. I know. I'm a bit nervous. The Man with Two Brains. That was my movie recommendation. Yeah. Larry, Daryl, and Daryl, the men with half a brain, but somewhere in between, <laughs> <laughs> we have the Chart Savant. 
Barrett, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Good mm. morning. <laughs> Hello, Barrett. Barrett? Where's, where's Barrett's music? Where's Barrett's music? Barrett, we've got something for you. Take a listen to this. This is the Charts of Ant music. <laughs> what do you think? I love it. Cool. So cool. Thank you. Some good stuff. I think it gets people into, we understand that we're not dealing with a, a man who draws his powers from the earth we know. Mm. He draws it from something far more ethereal. He's like the Harry Potter of charts. Oh, I like that. Yes. <laughs> the charts of it. <laughs> which cool, makes so me, which makes yes. this Hogwarts of charts. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I started that. I don't know where I was going. <laughs> Welcome, Barrett. So let me just, anyone who has not heard this before, what the Chart Savant does is Barrett has an obsession with charts. He always has. He used to fall asleep to the charts, not to Noddy and Barney. What he does every week, he comes in and he'll give us five songs, the top five songs from a chart. We have to guess which year in the 80s it was. We have to guess the month we also have to guess if it was UK or USA. Correct. Yes. And that's what he does. So we, this is the third playing of it. The first time, I was very confused by the rules. The second time, thanks to Ghostbusters, we got it. And then we challenged. <laughs> we we laughed at the charts of it. I, I realized I also slipped <laughs> the second time. You did. But, time. So you we did. Try not to do that today. So. <laughs> but Paolo already knew the answer before you slipped, so it didn't exactly. really matter. Yes. Exactly. So we, we scoffed at the chart, Savant. Ha <laughs> ha! We thought, what Savant are you if we could figure it out? Simpletons like Dory and myself. No, no, not Dory's not a simpleton. A simpleton like myself. No, 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 no really. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> um, and I got a feeling the chart, Savant, is back to restore his reputation. Mm, to show you that you are wrong, Paolo. Mm. Not for mm. the first so, time. So, quick question before we start. Uh, any ideas to the clue that I sent you guys being the love energy center of the body? Yes. Well, um, it's either the band heart or a song about a heart or a heartbeat. Could it, could it be Don Johnson's heartbeat? Could it? Could Probably it? not. No. Probably not, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking top five here, Dory, not top 500. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. So good. So good. Okay. But so am I right? I dive right in? Am I right, Barrett? Is it about the heart? Yes. In, and yet, none of the things you mentioned, correct. Oh, damn it. Mm. On the right okay. track. Okay. But, so, and I, lo I, I love four out of these five songs, my absolute favorites. And interesting, some of the stuff about them, I, know, I was like, wow, so interesting when I was uh, doing my further research beyond what I already know. So the first song is at number five, up from number 11, is one of my favorite artists, um, Pink Cadillac by Natalie Cole, is a song originally written by Bruce Springsteen and released as the non-album B-side of Dancing in the Dark. The song was also a prominent concert, concert number during Prince Springsteen's Born in the USA tour. The song follows Prince Little Corvette and Wilson Pickett's Mustang Sally using automob automobile travel as a metaphor for sexual activity. 
In particular, the lyric, I love your pink Cadillac, which was intended to be Ew. a veiled, re- veiled <laughs> reference. Ew! To I don't want to. No. <laughs> now I've got a new appreciation of the song. I never knew this, okay? Springsteen, in fact, vetoed the first attempt by a female singer to release a version of Pink Cadillac, that being by Beth Midler in 1983. However, Pink Cadillac had its highest profile incarnation by an R&B interpretation by Natalie Cole. This is up from 11 to number 5, and it, this is the peak that it reached for this song. This is Natalie Cole, Pink Cadillac. It's so... <laughs> I'm not happy. It's I'm, so funny. Listen, listen I'm not to happy. that song now. It's like, ooh. Can, can I just say, I, I know I, I know it says cruising down the street, but I heard oozing down the street after that. Sorry. <laughs> it makes me question, like, get out of my dreams and into my car. Like, I'm going, is that the same thing? How does it work? Is it what? Oh, this is terrible. I'm not happy with this. You've ruined my childhood, Barrett. You've ruined it. And cause. When and read, quite frankly, cause. When I read this, I went, ah, ah, ooh. That was my reaction. This is a terrible day. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Big wow. Cool. Moving up from five to number four is Everywhere, a song by British-American rock band featured Mac from their 14th studio album, Tango in the Night. It was written by Christine McVie, who also perform, performs the lead vocals on the song, and produced by Lindsay Buckingham and Rich, Richard Dashut. Everywhere was released as the fifth single from the album in this country. It also reached number one in Belgium and on the Canadian adult contemporary charts. In March 2017, after featuring it in an advert for a mobile phone company in this country, it re-entered the UK uh, Whoops. It re-entered the single charts, <laughs> rising up to number 15. This is Everywhere by Fleetwood Mac. Um, on Fleetwood Mac, I watched quite a cool documentary on Stevie Nicks the other day. Um, mm. Mm, it's, on, okay. you know, it's on DSTV Catch-Up. Uh, enjoyable. I've got to tell you, visually weirdly put together, because obviously they don't have like lots of stock footage, and they just put the most random. There's one shot where they're obviously using like 1960s stock footage. Um, mm. just general stock footage, stock video. And it's a shot of a waiter putting down like a, an appetizing looking diner lunch on a table. And it holds the shot for like 30 seconds. It's strange. Anyway, watch the documentary. <laughs> <laughs> Don't pay too much attention to the visuals. All right. Uh, so so Barrett did uh, slip up there. but he, Yes, I need to... I don't think you it's know, a. When I get to do this more often, mm-hmm. I will learn not to do so. No, I, I don't. Know. There's a hint. No, I don't think he slips up. I think he mm. does it. I think he does it intentionally. A savant <laughs> does not do anything without intention. Mm. Okay. Mm. It's intentional. Perfect. Mm. Yes. So now this next song, I had always known about it from the 80s and from the charts, from my magazines that I used to collect. I actually never heard it, and this is the first time I heard it while editing the song for the show. This song is up from number 25 to number 3, eventually hitting number 1. Theme from S-Express is an acid house song by S-Express from their debut studio studio album, Original Soundtrack, written and produced by Mark Moore and Pascal Gabriel, 
one of the landmarks of early Acid House and late, and late uh, 1980s sampling culture, the single became an instant hit. It peaked, as I said already, number one in this country, peaked at number 11 in Australia, number two in West Germany, France, and the Netherlands. The list of samples in the song are as long as my arm. Uh, some of them being haven't heard of, but I'll just <laughs> as as long as my Cadillac. Sorry. Say again. As long as my Cadillac. Sorry. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so, some of them I've never heard of. Just a few. Stacy Q, Two of Hearts, TZ. Whoa, 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 whoa! Stop the Lucy. Whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, Barrett, you don't know what you've just done. You don't know. Ooh. You do not know. I, I can I can understand that you've not heard this song. It surprises me, but I can understand why you have not heard it. What is the first song sampled on there that you have not heard? No, 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 no. So I do know Stacey Q2 of Hearts. Oh, yes, I, oh I love that song. Love, oh, love, love, okay. love, love. Absolutely. Sure, that was, close. that was a oh. close one. Oh. No, but some of them I haven't. Okay. So, oh, God. Yazoo's situation I've heard of. TZ, I got the hots for you. Haven't heard of that. Yes. Sam okay. the Sham and the Pharaohs. Oh, that's bad. No, that's good. Don't know that one. Mm. Rose Royce, is it Love You're After? I think I know that one. Gene Roddenberry, the Star Trek Dream. Peach, not Beach. Peach Boys, Don't Make Me Wait. Ish <laughs> Ledesma, Scream Before Daddy. Debbie Harry, Feel the Spin. And there's a whole number of others. My God, did they make their own... The song at all? <laughs> just like, I don't think so. Have an early so '80s version of Fruity. Song, first time hearing the song for me, it was a bit blah. blah. But well, I like is, it. Is, I love it. OG. I like it. Yeah, yeah. S Express theme from X Express. I think it kind of gives it. That one kind of gives it a year away for me. Um, I now and definitely the and the country because that song did did nothing in the US. Oh no, songs like that would never. Touch yeah. the US, um, and uh, yeah, you know exactly. Um, yeah. So I think I could have the year. I need to listen to the full song now to find the two of heart sample. My homework. <laughs> I didn't hear it. Yeah, I'll have to <laughs> I find didn't it. Hear it. And also, it sounded like someone's dog barking in the backyard was sampled there as well. I don't know. I think that could have been my dog. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> the the Hardy die as well. That's also you know. That's <laughs> anyway. Song number two, up from number three, number two being its peak, Love Changes Everything oh. is a single by Climbing Fisher. Okay, that confirms the year for me. Yeah. It yep. gained international <laughs> success in its release, re-release in this year. The song was later covered and released by house music duo Music. Songwriters Climbing Morgan, Morgan and Fisher received the 1988 Ivan Novella Award for Best Song Musically and Lyrically. Kylie Fisher wrote the song thinking that Rod Stewart could sing it, but Stewart turned it down and they released the song in this year. Initially, it received poor sales and airplay. After the success of the hip-hop version of Rise to the Occasion, the song was re-released with a slight remix by Bob Clearmountain, and it reached uh, number two in this country. It was kept off the top spot by number one, which we'll be hearing shortly. Love Changes Everything also reached number two in South Africa, number seven in Germany, eight in Switzerland, 15 in Austria, 23 in Australia. All music journalist Michael Sutton described Kanye Fisher's version of the song as having 
a chorus that adheres to the brain like glue. In limited doses, it's as tasty as a chocolate sundae. This is Climby Fisher, Love Changes Everything. Simon Climby and Laurel and Daryl Fisher. We have to give Dory a chance just to come back down to earth. Okay, Dory, just sure. float back in. Okay. Thank you. Okay, back with us, right? <laughs> okay. Are you down to it, Dory? I'm back. Perfect. Number one, and staying at number one, uh, is Pet Shop Boys oh. with their single Heart. It's from their uh... second studio album, actually. It was released as the album's fourth and final single and becoming their final chart topper, fourth and final chart topper in this country. It was written by Chris Lowe and Neil Tennant. And the genesis of the song goes back to the sessions for the duo's first album, Please, in early, early 1986 with Shep Pettibone. Originally, the duo had planned to offer it to high-energy singer Hazel Dean or more notoriously Madonna but they ultimately kept it for themselves. The duo's version of the song was intended to be used in the Steven Spielberg-produced film Inner Space, but the dance sequence it was intended for was at the wrong tempo for the song. The song was originally called Heartbeat, but was changed after Culture Club drummer John Moss announced the formation of a group named Heartbeat UOK. Heartbeat UOK. On the commentary of the Pet Shop Boys live video album Cubism, Tenant reveals that the O-R-O-O-R-R refrain, which repeats throughout the song, features the vocals of himself, and listen to this, Pavarotti and Wendy Smith of Prefab Sprout. Wow. The song was re-recorded for Actually with producer Andy Richards and was mixed by Julian Mendelssohn. Despite topping the charts for three weeks and being a worldwide success, the duo themselves tend to dismiss it. With low stating in 2001, it just shows that chart positions aren't the be-all and end-all. Heart isn't in the same league as being boring. However, many fans regard the song highly, and Shop Boys like it enough to have performed it. This song on the 1989 tour, the Fundamental World Tour in 2006, and 2007 was also as their Pandemonium Tour in 2009 and 2010. It's included in the retrospective pop art, The Hits, this is Heart by Pet Shop Boys. I can't believe that Pre- Pavarotti and Wendy Smith of Prefab Sprout is doing the ooh, ah, 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 ooh, ooh, ah, but that was a big surprise to I me. I mean, especially Pavarotti. Like, Wendy, exactly. I go, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think... Versatile, what can we say? <laughs> I think when you're playing a game like this and you give Dory not only Climby Fisher, but Pet Shop Boys. <laughs> and th- Prefab Sprout. And Prefab Sprout. <laughs> I think oh. you, you give a, a big advantage. Dodgy start in the beginning there with pink Cadillacs being, <laughs> I know it was about sexual endeavors, but now I just think it was about willies. And Dude, cr- crushed velvet seats. What? What? Oh, God. <laughs> Why? Why did you bring it back? Why do you bring it back? <laughs> so, Dory. Yes. We know. Yeah. We know it is the UK because S Express was the giveaway on that. Correct. Okay, correct. Um, yeah. Towards the end, towards the end of the 80s, because mm-hmm. Acid House and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And also, I'll tell you what made what made me realize was towards the end end of the 80s was 
the Fleetwood Mac song, actually, because I remember very clearly listening to that song at a particular time in my teenage years, and it was definitely towards the end of the 80s. So where are you, where are you pinning it? I'm going with 1988. That's my feeling as well. Mm. That's my feeling. Um, the S-Express song, I think, gives a, gives a lot of it away. Yeah. Uh, because that song was big, still way into the 90s, you know, when... Yeah. When my okay, so yes, two gold stars again, <laughs> correct. 1988, UK. Can you give right. me a Now, here's where it gets tricky, right? <clears throat> so, what I'm gonna say, I need a random guess, <laughs> it will be a random yes. guess, it's gonna be a total <laughs> random guess. Mm. I'm just gonna go on the law of probabilities. I don't know if there's a law of probabilities, I'm just saying. Last time the Chart Savant was on, the song was from July. Mm. I'm going to go January. No, wow. no. No, there's no novelty songs in there. Mm. Mm. And mm. S Express. I'm going to go the other way. November. Sure. See, I was leaning towards October. So we're close now. Be- because, because, and maybe I'm putting too much in S Express, that mm. would be a summer dancey club song. That's what yeah, I feel. And it'll take remember, a, it's not summer in the UK around that time. But it would have been summer and people would have loved the song. And because you had yeah. to bring back physical copies and it wasn't streamed music, music took longer <laughs> to permeate the, the zeitgeist. That's a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> but Dory, I'll go October. So, we're going to go October. We're going to go October. How, how okay. far off are we, Barrett? <laughs> 17th of April, 1988. God damn it. We were, we were <laughs> so wrong. <laughs> Not bad. Did I think, know? listen, the, 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 I'm always happy if I get the year. I'm happy yeah. with that. The, the, yeah, the month absolutely. is all over the place because like, you can never really tell. Some songs stay in there forever or whatever. I'm always happy if we yeah. get the year. So April, 1987. Eight, Eight, 1988. 1988. <laughs> UK charts. Yes. Mm. Neither a winner nor a loser. I thought, <laughs> I thought I, might, I might trick you. Uh, well, the confusion might come in with Natalie Cole and Fleetwood Mac songs that you might lean towards the USA. I was absolutely leaning towards USA with those two. Absolutely. But then S Express took it away completely. And, and also, I think Pet Shop Boys. Pet Shop Boys as well would yeah. have taken it away completely, mm. yeah. Mm. But yeah. S Express, that music just wasn't cutting through in the US in, in the No, 80s. not at all. Yeah. yeah, in fact, it only got to 91 on the US charts. Mm, still, beat Don, still beat Don Johnson's size, so that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Charles cool. Savant. Let us fire up your music again, just to, as a outro. As the Charles Savant evaporates <laughs> it does not move <laughs> like a solid form <laughs> thank you thank you barrett that was that was really cool listen um coming up next week great interview that the chart savant barrett has organized for us you're gonna love it stay on facebook the facebook page that 80 show essay for the details mm-hmm. um it's a good one it is a good one and his savantish ways and his little magical black book are bringing all the 80 stars to that 80 show along with his chart Absolutely. knowledge. Thank Absolutely. you, Barrett. Thank you Thank so you much. Barrett. It's always fun this morning. <laughs> 
you can go back to you can go back to casting spells and trying to bring whose career can you bring back to life lots of people lots of 80s people are releasing new music actually the person that we're speaking to she's got we're speaking to because got got a new album out which is crazy crazy stuff who who did you mention sorry no i saw so i was saying the the person that we're talking to the interview coming up next week um, oh yes, 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 and it's good oh, stuff. Absolutely, that's good stuff as well. Yes, and not only that person, um, but Delamitri, James, Crowded House, and they're riding high in the charts. It's Martin, top five. Martin so, Kemp exactly. as well. Didn't you say Martin? No, Gary Kemp. Gary Kemp. Gary Kemp. Gary Kemp. Yeah. Yep. Mm. Corey Hart. It's almost a bunch of people. It's almost as if Dory and I into something here mm. about having like a retro eighty show. I th- it's almost as if we know what we're doing. It's almost as if we're not the only people in the world trying to hang on to the 80s. <laughs> I think that's a better way of putting it. <laughs> thank you, Barrett. Thank you for being thank the chart savant. And thank you for being thank a Thank you friend. for having me again. I had so much fun. Cool. <laughs> thank you. Oh, thank you Bye. for being a... Bye, Barrett. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Oh, Barrett, thank you for being a friend. <laughs> so <laughs> this is that 80 show closing off with the chart savant, as we mentioned, everything you need to know, everything you missed, loads of trailers, loads of clips, Courtney Cox and her Tampax commercial, Larry, Daryl, Daryl, man with two brains. It's all happening on that 80 show essay on Facebook. Plus, we will give you details about the interview uh, we got in the show next week. Mm. Dory. Do you have a lesson from today's show for the children? Remember the end of He-Man? Um, they had to have a message, like a learning message for kids, and they had to like retrofit, go, oh, in today's mm. episode, this is what we learned. What did you learn? Oh, I, don't, I don't know if it's entirely for kids, but certainly my lesson from today's episode is sometimes a car is not a car. Yeah, yeah, and I'm glad you left it there. It could be yeah. many things. It could be many, mm-hmm. many things. Mm. So that's a good lesson to take with us, that 80 Show essay on Facebook. Goodbye. Bye.